Good evening, world. This is the podcast, Assassin Fast, and your host, that's Laura Cattell. <clears throat> Oops, me. Of course, I get started and immediately a frog climbed in my throat. Alright. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So, yesterday, we went through Mr. Dooley's five thoughts on being in love and how love and all that jazz works with being in a world of other creators, right? Specifically because other creators are creating their own reality. How does that work? So we went over Mr. Dooley's five thoughts on that. And if you're just joining us, we are going over the book Inter uh, Infinite Possibilities from Mr. Mike Dooley, his breakout work <clears throat> describing uh, the nature of reality, the universe, our place in it, so such, so on and so forth. And we left off yesterday at thoughts for adding romance to your relationship. And not that I ever like um, trying to force myself into a specific time frame because that, that means I don't get to as much as I like to. I'm on kind of a time crunch today, so we'll see how many we get through. <clears throat> Quick recap of yesterday's. So we went over, all right, honor yourself between relationships. Right, because there are certain things you can learn outside of a relationship while you're single. There are certain things you can only learn inside a relationship when you're with someone. So when you're between relationships, make sure you honor yourself and take care of yourself and love yourself and grow. Okay. Number two, measure your relationships by the love that's been shared, not by the length of time that the relationship went on for. Number three, Understand your motivations. What is your reason for being in a relationship? Your answers might surprise you. Number... Oops, me. I think I skipped a heart on that one. That was number three, understand your motivations. Number four is you decide what's meant to be. And he's referencing the whole spiel of when two people seem to be so in love and everybody goes oh it's meant to be you just like hit it off but that's not the case you decide what's meant to be and number five whereas the first one was on herself in between relationships number five relationships are an adventure is to remind you there's certain things you can only learn while you're in a relationship primarily because relationships being with someone else holds a mirror up to all of your insecurities, all of your frailties, all of your weaknesses, and shows them back to you rather bluntly. And specifically, he states as a side note, rather than working on the relationship, each person should be mindfully working on his or her own life perceptions. Which is true regardless of whether or not we are in a romantic relationship. <clears throat> so, that's where we left off at yesterday. Today we are doing thoughts for adding romance to your relationship, and there's ten of them. Before we hop into that, my shout out to the restaurant industry, all my guys and gals out there in Foodland, thank you for all you do, all you've done, all the hardships you have been and currently are experiencing. It's rough, it's stressful. And you might not know where you're going to get your next paycheck or how to pay your bills. But I promise you, 
quitting isn't worth it. Whatever is going on in your life, please don't quit. Don't do something you can't take back. You're not your skill set. You're not your, where you are. You are not this current <clears throat> iteration of you. Right? So. You're, you're, you're worth more than what your current cir circumstances are. Give yourself the chance to get to a place where you can find that worth. If you don't see it reflected back in your current reality. Don't quit. Don't quit. <clears throat> Alright. <clears throat> and I apologize. I had a bug crawl up my throat, apparently. I don't know why I can't seem to clear my throat enough to get whatever this is past. So if you hear me clear my throat, my sincerest apologies. <clears throat> Alright. So, thoughts for adding romance to your relationship. Here are ten simple thoughts to consider for making the most of your romantic relationships. In addition to all the other guidelines and ideas that may already be serving you. These are quite straightforward, and even if you've heard them before, when now combined with the spiritual insights that have been shared thus far, they may begin to make even more sense. <clears throat> Thought number one. Beyond what's necessary, shed all behavioral expectations you may have for your partner. Of course, when entering into any relationship, you do so for your own wishes and desires, and you can rightly hope to expect they'll be met. For instance, you expect to be loved in return, to be respected, and perhaps to have complementary roles that contribute to the partnership, creating something that no one person could create. Oh, excuse me. I don't know, maybe I ate something that's just not agreeing with me. I apologize. Alright, so, where was I? No one person could create, so... But apart from what you can't live without, rid yourself of all behavioral expectations that your partner will have to live up to. And instead, keep your main focus on yourself. Your own standards and behaviors. So that you can add to the relationship rather than take away from it. Doing so will enable you to become your best. You'll release your partner from our culture's sometimes implied job of entertaining and making you happy. And you'll create room for the unexpected. Unnecessary expectations create narrow definitions or preconceived ideas of what should be. And in addition to limiting your experience, they take your attention away from the beauty of what is. Fortunately, we can change our expectations as quickly as we can change our thoughts. Oh, okay, so... <clears throat> that's such a big one. Deepak Chopra, and I believe also Eckhart Tolle. When we are upset with something, it's because our expectation of whatever the something is hasn't been met. When that comes from, um, when that comes to other people, specifically partners in our life. Alright. Here's here's a good way to look at it. <clears throat> this one's I'm glad he went right off the bat with that one. You have expectations of how your part you expect your partner to behave. They also have expectations of how they expect you to behave. 
And very often after the initial rah-rah, you know, super lovey phase, that gets into the, the, the longer lasting relationship phase, um, we can tend to lose sight of that, right? And we tend to think of in terms, oh, my expectations aren't being met, or why are you doing this, or why are you doing that? And it's because, and we tend to get upset because our expectations aren't being met. Read your internal dialogue to yourself. Have you made clear what your expectations are? Are your personal expectations maybe way too high? Maybe they don't consider those expectations worth attaining. Maybe you think a relationship should be this, that, and the other thing, and they think a relationship should be relaxing and, you know, um, maybe you think relationships are supposed to be, let's, let's find a, a good, good example here. Relationships should be, you know, lots of dates, um, trips, vacations, all that kind of thing. And maybe the other person's expectation of relationship is just somebody they can hang with and relax with and be themselves around. There's all sorts of different expectations for a relationship. Which coincidentally is why you're supposed to shop around a little bit before you find the one that ticks off the most boxes and or the one that just lights you up and you click, right? Because you need to know for yourself, and some oftentimes you really don't know for yourself, what it is you are actually looking for until you are faced with that person, that, that thing in the flesh, and now you're interacting with that, and you're like, mm, okay, that's, that's not what I was hoping for. But have you clearly expressed what your expectations are, or are you just assuming that because they're your expectations, you expect everybody else to have those same expectations? Because I promise you right now, they don't. Are you willing to mitigate your expectations to a degree, obviously? You still want to be treated with respect. You still want to be loved. You still want to be appreciated. But, like, are you willing to mitigate some of those expectations in the face of their expectations? Are you willing to compromise? Because that's what a lot of relationships, you need to be able to do that. Is compromise. So, very good right off the bat there. Alright. Are you expressing your expectations or are you just assuming they're going to fulfill them without you saying a thing? So, moving on to number two. And I apologize for that. That's a hot day again, I have the window open, and some guy out next door is working on his car, so my apologies. Number two, dwell on what's right. Nothing can do my relationship faster than dwelling on what's wrong. In life, you get what you think about, so if you're constantly focusing on what's wrong in your relationship or in the other person, look out. You just might magnify it and project more of the same into the future. This is a scary thought, because we all know what it's like when something starts bothering you. 
you tend to fixate on it and mull over it a hundred times in your mind. By dwelling on what's wrong, you actually characterize your future. It can take a lot of willpower, or even better, understanding, to get yourself out of that kind of loop. But which do you want more? To be right and justified, or to have a better relationship? By the same token, don't dwell on your differences. So often I've heard friends say, we're so different, I don't know why we ever got together. What's ironic is that from my perspective, they're like two peas in a pod and are actually far more alike than not. Chances are that if you've been drawn together with someone to the point of entering into a serious relationship, you have far more in common than you've even realized. Whether or not your similarities have manifested into these same extracurricular activities or not, what you likely do have in common is life assumptions and core beliefs. And it's likely just as true now as it was when you first met. Another irony here is that it's the little differences between partners that actually attracted them to one another in the first place. That's often what's fun. The adventure of seeing things from someone else's perspective while still sharing the same core beliefs. After all, we don't want clones. We want someone who may help balance our life, not shadow it. Yet it's sometimes these little differences that are dwelled upon and therefore magnified way out of proportion and context, to the point of becoming the very justification for ending the relationship they once helped launch. Conversely, in a world where our thoughts become things, dwelling on what works, what pleases you, your similarities, and what is right will not only expand its presence in your life, but will literally maximize the chances of drawing more positive behavior from your partner. Ooh, that's a lot to unpack in that one. Okay, so... But it... Okay, so he took a really long time to really explain the very fundamental core of what the entire thing of manifesting is about. Is energy flows where attention goes, right? If you're focused on everything that's wrong in the relationship, you are manifesting more things to go wrong in the relationship. Right? Because that's where your focus is. That's what you're focused on. Excuse me. Okay. Alright, so then you're dwelling on what's wrong, and then because you're dwelling on what's wrong, that's what you've decided to focus on. Your mind is now... Okay, this is now our focus. I'm going to start picking up on everything else that is wrong. Okay, because that's how our minds work. It's a search engine. You're telling it what you want it to search for. It's going to bring you all the things that you're asking it to search for because that's what you've chosen to focus on. Okay? So if you're saying you're going to fo- or you're telling your subconscious that you're focusing on all the things going wrong in the relationship, it's going to by its obedient nature, start showing you everything else that's going on wrong with the relationship. And every single time a new thing wrong pops up, your brain goes, Aha! I was right. Except that it also works in reverse. And for the exact same reasons, and with the exact same energy, and with the exact same output. When you focus on what's working in the relationship, you are now training your, your subconscious to focus on and find other things that are working in the relationship 
Thereby, you are now dwelling on what works and what's great instead of what's wrong and what's failing. And because you're focusing on what works and what's great, you are magnifying and manifesting more things to work great. And in the exact same mechanics, instead of spiraling down, it now spirals up. Okay? But it's... <laughs> Appreciate the little differences. Don't dunk on them. Appreciate them. Okay? But just because they can't live up to perhaps the lofty expectations you have for a partner in your head doesn't mean they're not trying. They can't read your mind. They have absolutely no idea what it is that you expect. Unless you tell them what it is you expect. Okay? If they're not living up to what your expectations of the relationship are, that does not mean they're not trying. One of the simplest and yet most powerful uh, relationship fixers that I have come across and used personally is to find one thing to be grateful for for that person per day. One thing. Even if it's something that you have generally overlooked, like they went to work this morning, they came home tonight, they took out the trash, I'm grateful they were there to sit with me on the couch to watch TV. Alright, because the reality is they're in your life, willingly. People do more when they feel appreciated. When was the last time, if you're having a spat with your partner, when was the last time you went above and beyond to make them feel appreciated? Hmm? Alright. We will do number three. And then unfortunately we're going to have to leave off until tomorrow. Because this, this one's really long. I wanted to be able to get a chance to do it all in one take, but that's probably going to be a solid hour of reading, so... We're unfortunately going to have to split it up into two. Alright, so, number three. Oh. Oh, number three. Don't assume. I would argue that that's more rather a life mantra than it is for relationships, but it's absolutely applicable to relationships in a grand way. Don't assume. This might sound like a childish admonition, but it's at the core of many unhappy relationships. If you're assuming something about another, it means you're guessing. And if you're guessing, it means that communication and, more importantly, understanding has broken down in the relationship. In the absence of actually knowing what's going on, we make up the missing pieces. And usually when we make up stuff, we tend to listen to our fears more than what we know to be true. Then we begin reacting to our own assumptions and behaving in ways that mirror what we erroneously believed to be true. Your partner picks up on your new beliefs and your assumptions and starts reacting to your assumption-based behavior until finally you actually create the reality that was triggered by your fears. A reality that did not previously exist. 
Of course, the biggest challenge here is knowing when you're assuming something. No one consciously decides to assume anything. Instead, we react to what we think are truths. So here's the trick. The next time the truth about a situation or your partner starts troubling you, take a time out. Go within. Re-examine the so-called facts of the situation and reconsider where you might have them wrong. Mmm. Oh, such a doozy. But, like we went over back in number one, alright? You're assuming they're going to hold the same expectations for a relationship that you do. That's not anywhere near the case. But assuming in general, Alright, how many times, and I'm just going to use one of the more uh, obvious popular tropes that you can find out there, right? The guy was out working late, or uh, the guy was out having some beers with friends, and he didn't call, and he comes home, and what's the first thing that happens? The girlfriend and or wife is sitting there with her arms crossed and a pissed off look on her face. Where have you been? Right? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Who are you out with? Were you out with her? Right? That, unfortunately, of course, is a toxic behavior. <laughs> because the person thinks, the person doing the accusing thinks that the person coming home has done some infidelity without any proof. Those ones are usually referred to as the crazy girlfriends. But really, it's an insecurity about themselves and the relationship manifesting as an accusation. Because they don't have a lot of confidence in themselves, and they're constantly doing on the... Am I pretty enough? Am I smart enough? Am I strong enough? Am I doing enough? And on the heels of that is, well, I'm not enough. So therefore, he's probably looking at other people who are enough and is planning on leaving me behind. That's what's wrapped up in that whole accusation. There's a lack of confidence in themselves, in the relationship, and in the trust that they have with their partner. Alright? Of course, that's just one example. I'm not using that as the only example. That's just one that I can think of off the top of my head. Because I have a short time frame today. But I have just enough time to do one more, and that's number four. And even though it's a short paragraph, it's very, very important. And that is, accept that there will be challenges. Enjoy and appreciate the challenges in your relationship, because by their mere existence, they create the perfect opportunity for you to master the areas of your life and yourself where you have the least understanding. As I made clear earlier in this chapter, our relationships and our partners are not accidentally in our lives. You don't just get stuck with someone abusive. You didn't just randomly marry someone who became a workaholic. You didn't just happen to fall in love with an introvert. Your partner's qualities are often the very qualities that will bring about the perfect challenges that help you grow where you most need and want to grow. And I'm going to add, on the back end of that, the very real this. 
Up until the point where you have met this person, you did things how you wanted on your time, on your schedule, with your own priorities, your perspectives, your prerogatives. So did they. And this stage I'm talking about right now doesn't usually come up until after the relationship has matured to the point where the people are now living together. And now you're stuck, you're not stuck with, now you're living with the physical representation of that person with their guard completely down and all of their other habits that you might not have been aware of beforehand. Okay? Maybe they're a lay sleeper. Maybe they snore to high heaven. Maybe they leave their clothes all over the place. Maybe they leave the bathroom a mess. You don't know. Okay, because you're used to doing things your way without anyone else judging your behavior in the privacy of your own home. Now you're opening up your home to someone else. I guarantee you those two things are going to clash and butt heads. It can be over big things. It can be over small things. I would caution you strongly this. Again, compromise. You are including someone else in your life, but in the same token, they are including you in theirs. And as much as I usually say this in the context of interacting with strangers, alright, nobody's obligated to see things from your point of view if you won't bother to see things from theirs. In a relationship, this is magnified. Okay? They're not going to see a, re a point or a reason to changing whatever behaviors you might find that are unsavory if you won't bother changing any of your behaviors for what they find unsavory. Alright? Because you are used to doing certain things your own way, and they're used to doing things their own way. You have a built-in expectation of how things get done, how you do things, and you don't feel like apologizing for those things to anyone for any reason. Until you let someone else into your home to share your life, and to basically view all of those things that you do when no one else is looking. That's the true test of a relationship right there. Alright. It's not that your relationship won't have challenges. It absolutely will. It's you determining that the relationship and the person you're having that relationship with is worth more than you being right or you being coddled. This is where confidence comes in. This is where compromise and compassion and empathy comes in. Alright. Because if it's your way or the highway, you're going to be alone for a long time. Okay? Because nobody likes being ignored. Nobody likes being disrespected. Nobody likes being talked down to. You have to come up yourself and be like, all right, let, let's talk about this. You have to come back after those challenges, those spats, those arguments, even if they were a huge blow up. All right. We argued, 
clearly I had an expectation. You had an expectation. Let's talk about this. And let's try and come back to each other. Sometimes you can't. And if you can't, then that's a good indicator that the relationship isn't what you thought it was. Maybe it's time to go find someone else. But at least you can say on your end that you tried. Okay. So tomorrow we will come back at number five. Let the other person love you in his or her own way. And I will leave that for you to think about until tomorrow. And we're going to do a very quick two-minute brain break today. We're just going to listen to the music and we're going to take a moment and just be in the now with whatever sounds happening outside you, with whatever temperatures and whatnot going on. We're just going to do a really quick one. Again, I apologize. Um, Time constraints. That's all I'm going to say. Time constraints. Stuff happens. So, do a little wiggle, get in a little stretch. Go ahead and close your eyes. And let's take a nice, deep, slow breath in. And I intend to do a, well, if I come up with any more thoughts about the first five, four that we've gone over, excuse me, over the first four that we've gone over, uh, I will bring them up tomorrow. 
and hopefully I'll have the chance to do a bit more of an in-depth recap that I wasn't able to do today. But some things to ponder. Not just relationships with somebody's significant other, but relation any relationship. Don't assume, don't hold them to your expectations. Alright. It's it's like really basic stuff, but it works across every relationship that you have. Okay? So some stuff to think about. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your night. This is the podcast Sassafras. Good night. <laughs>